You got 19 dead, you got hundreds more infected, and it's spreading like a brush fire. You got to isolate the sick, and I mean really isolate them, Billy. We got to get everybody else back into their houses. We got to keep them there. We're doing that, Sam. No, we're not doing it because I just drove through 100 people. And if one of them has got it, then 10 of them have got it. And if one of them gets out of Cedar Creek, Billy, then we're in deep fucking shit. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. You'd almost have to get way more specific because he's done so many stupid things. <laughs> Did you see the video his he's, son put out? The the uh, the quick. I didn't the see the video that his son put out. I oh heard that god. his son trashed him. Oh my god! It's the best celebrity son trashing you've ever heard in your life. He he's like he's supposed to be this father man. Four kids. You know how many he raised? None. He says, you know why? Because I'm one of them, and I can tell you that. Abortions, paid for the abortions. He's like, I sat back, and I was not furnished. He's conservative, too. He's like, I am sat, sat back, and I wasn't going to furnish any information for anybody. But one thing I can't accept, and I think this is a lot of this new generation, he says, is the lies. You're going to sit down there and tell bald-faced lies? Fuck you. I'm going to call you out on it. Yeah. <laughs> and then his, his fans are, he, he's still, I'm telling you, you say you're pro-life, you'll have people preying on your body oh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all it takes that's, for these politicians that's the only thing that scares me about this country is religion <laughs> it's true i mean it's well religion. well think about this religion is a republican Move that closer to you. ideology it's not yeah. that democrats aren't religious it's just not interwoven into their party whereas yeah, yeah. we're kinder to people than republicans are you can't yeah. have the church on one side yeah. and being kind to people on the other side but Something that always made great sense to me was the separation of church and state. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's all we'll say about that. <laughs> I think you should have absolute separation yeah, between church absolutely. and state. I think I think there's no way that it because who knows if my religion's right yeah. or if your religion's right. I'm not religious anymore. I don't know if you. No. We've talked about it before. Yeah, we're not. Paul religious. and I went to a Christian school. Hey, wait, welcome to the podcast. You're going to talk about <laughs> Christian school. <laughs> Let me tell you about my savior. <laughs> Let me Jesus tell you about Christ. my savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> No, it was a strict school, and this is what probably made movies so special to us then is because we weren't allowed to see them. That's the yeah. crazy thing. Yeah, at the theater. At the theater. And certain ones at home. And certain ones at home. We, we had to do basically morality clause. Yeah. You, can't, you couldn't drink, you couldn't smoke, you couldn't yeah. have sex, you couldn't listen to bad music, you couldn't watch bad movies. Yeah. Watch all the Disney you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still remember mom flipping out and she was only strict for a, for like the first couple of years. Then it kind of got laxed and laxed and laxed. But that first year, I remember watching the Goonies and them watching MTV on the Goonies and her racing in the room thinking I was watching MTV and said, you can't watch him. M- oh, you're watching the Goonies? Okay. <laughs> It's like, okay, whatever. So, yeah, we're, so we're not big of fans. Well, now. We, we've seen how the other side works is what it is. Cool, there's a lot of people at that school they drank the Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That, we, like, we, that's why we can speak of this And I can subjects. say there probably was a minute I did, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems normal. When you're a kid, though, I mean... And you're pretty you're, impressionable. Your brain's not fully developed until 25, so... Well... I don't know what your excuse is after that. At about 14, I was like, this is... Some well, bullshit. I don't understand why any everyone at the age of, like, 20 or so doesn't come out of it. They capture a lot of people, so... Let's get off of the subject. Anyways... We've got some fantastic stuff to talk about today, but before that, we're gonna go Paul's movie deck. If you, I'm taking it that you have not seen uh, Paul's have you seen movie any, uh, no. movies this week. Nothing. No, uh, no. I saw a couple movies, a couple, uh, one in the theater, 
and then a couple of really fantastic ones. Not a whole lot because I've been getting ready for my trip to uh, Toronto, so I'll talk about a few of them here real quick. Uh, the Smile movie I saw in the theater. Did you see the promotional uh, thing that they went through for that? Um, refresh my memory. They s- paid actors to go to baseball okay, yeah, games yeah, 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 and yeah. stand behind home plate or stand in the aisles and just they have a smile shirt on, and then they and the actor doesn't break character. It's like a theater trick for them, and they just smile like a big and giant smile, just big giant creepy holding smile, it? holding it for probably as long as they can till the camera gets that shot. I guess of okay. uh, ten minutes and or they, something. Then they screen grab the sh- and they screen the grab it you, from all the other. And you hear the uh, you hear the commentators talking about it. What the hell's going on behind home plate? Like they so, didn't realize it. At, some of them yeah. weren't wearing the smile shirt. So there was one guy, and, and I I heard it was a couple of the actors from the movie that went out beaten there down by a yeah by a security so it was, guard. It was very clever, and it was really good. It didn't make my fantastic list because it had some holes here of well, how that happens if that happens, but. Uh, but it was definitely very good. Horror has been killing it at the theater. And the last 10 minutes had some really creepy stuff. But uh, And nothing made my dog shit list. Uh, a couple made my decent. I watched that NC-17 Blonde movie. Oh, it was good? Uh, I liked it. I liked it. It was decent. You know? Uh, was the, she good in it? She was, she was really good. I don't think I ever heard of her until she started uh, dating. Knives uh, Out. She was, uh, she's from Knives Out. She's from Blade Runner 2049. She's the one that, she's the hologram that he's dating, basically, at his house. Oh, okay. That he goes in really hot. Yeah. And, uh, Anna de Armas is her name, and she looked just like fucking Marilyn. And people complained about her accent. Eh, every once in a while it came out. But not, not, I would have wanted, not enough to complain. I would have wanted, uh, Marilyn Monroe to have a foreign accent. Yeah, what the hell? I mean, she had a weird (laughs) throaty kind of accent anyway, so it wasn't hard to do. Very rarely did it come out, and she looked gorgeous and just like her and the problem people have it is it didn't show anything happy it was very very uh depressing Uh and the one moment that got at nc-17 if you want me to tell you i can tell you sure uh it's not really a spoiler uh but if you want to uh jump forward 30 seconds you can plan on watching well (laughs) no there was a close-up of her giving uh, a blowjob to john f kennedy why he was on the phone and like her mouth, and you, she has her hand like right under her lips, so they did it cleverly. But it was like him forcefully, not even paying attention. Come on, do it, do it. Come on, let's do this, and, and everything. And it was on the screen for probably a minute and a half, and you're yeah. like, whoa. She was like, it was very Lars von Trier. The, towards she, the end, she didn't have clothes on at all. You could tell it was. They just showed the misery. They showed uh, Barbie Cannavale played uh, Joe DiMaggio, who smacked smacked her around. Uh, the only person that was semi nice to her was uh, was Arthur Miller, played brilliantly. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't get an award for this, uh, the guy from The Pianist, Andrew, Adrian Brody, okay. looked just fucking like him. It was insane. And the only problem with their relationship is they just didn't have enough common. I saw a drunk history about Marilyn Monroe and about a movie she did that she was really good in. Oh, yeah? Do you know what that movie is? Because most of her movies were like eh. monkey business. Uh, what gentlemen prefer blondes? Uh, some like it hot. She was probably one of the better so ones. Like she though. had to do a really intense scene, and everybody was worried that she couldn't do it. That was leading up to that it. scene was in the movie. Oh, was it okay. of her of her doing it in front of the uh, the cast? But some of them still didn't like it. That, but it was like she cried like three times during it, and she's like, "Can I do it again? I think I can do it again." And as a viewer, you're like, "Wow, she nailed it." But then the uh, some of the camera people were like, "What was that crap?" And I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah. So, you're yeah, uh, Blonde's stuff. worth watching. It was long. It was like three hours long. It was crazy. Uh, and then another one that made my very good list was uh, from 2019, Scary Movies to Tell in the Dark. It was that kid series that mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro produced. I never got to watch it in my 
wife watched the movies uh, or read the books. And I I'm guess there was some gears in it. Uh, no, she was a producer, so there wasn't as uh, much of that in okay. it. He didn't direct it. Uh, but I liked it. It's like the perfect Halloween movie, man. But two movies made my uh, my fantastic list. It and seems like a movie gets on there every week. How no, fantastic. Oh, no, no, man, I'm telling you. I, I do not have many on my fantastic list. My The very good list has a ton. The, the fantastic, fantastic list is how big? Two hundred movies? No, just for this year. I mean, I, I only had like like from there, uh, so like thirty to there, or forty this no, year. No, probably twenty-two. Probably twenty-two, 22 out one of every week. Um, mm, on I mean, average, maybe maybe one a week, one every two weeks, or something like that. There's ones that I think about putting on there, and I was like, nope, I have to have a higher standard for that, so I keep them off the fantastic list. I like when you. I like the person that has to hold themselves to a higher standard yeah. when they're making the standard. When they're making the standard? Yeah. That's all me, man. That's great. I'm perfect at that. <laughs> I do the same uh, thing, man. Well, two of them and uh, two of these fantastic myths, and I'll talk about them because they're both awesome. One of them was super hard to find. It wasn't streaming anywhere, and I had to uh, buy a bootleg DVD of it on eBay for like 20 bucks, and it looked like absolute garbage. And it's called Open Season from 1974. And it's, uh, do you remember, uh, well, it's got Peter Fonda. And it's got another guy who played Sinbad in one of the old Sinbad movies. And then the third guy is the guy from, uh, remember Bad Dreams, the horror movie? Mm, Where the cult leader kills themselves on the thing. And then he comes back Freddy style to haunt Mm. the one girl that didn't make it. uh, Richard Lynch, he played the bad guy in that movie. Well, he was the third guy. So basically, those guys, those three guys are like asshole hunters that pick, that force pretend to be cops and force this couple off to the side of the road one one's like a 22 year old and the other uh the guy is like a 45 year old cheating on his wife with this girl and they basically kidnap him and they bring him to the cabin and it's all to lead up like surviving the game we're gonna hunt you now and then they end up getting (laughs) hunted themselves and it's amazing but what's great about it is i'm like uh you realize how much rob zombie stole from that because Peter Fonda lets him go and goes, run, rabbit, run. Really? Run, rabbit, well, run. Maybe it was a tribute. Yeah, it he was. does a lot of that stuff. That's good. It's 1974. It's got him written all over yeah. it. I come across that with Quentin, too. You'll see somebody quoting mm-hmm. a, a 70s movie. You'll hear a Quentin line, and you're like, holy shit, that's where he got it from. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's an homage. He gets it past me. For you sure. told me. Oh, you're about to talk that's about the okay. that, That's the that's other a, one. That's the other one. Was that deleted? <laughs> Rob Dobby? Yeah, yeah. Rob Dobby. I guess mm. it is popular with him, so I just shout on you. Not really shout on you, Rob Zambia. Just kind of pointed out one of the things that used homage, and I loved it. It worked perfectly in your movie too, uh, and you did it in the right scene. This is Paul Patton on it. You did a good job. You did a good job. <laughs> well, I have a love hate relationship with Rob Zombie. I always loved his music. Then when he made movies, I thought House of a Thousand Corpses was absolutely phenomenal. Was I watched a- it three times in the it theater. Was, it was awesome. It was really good, and, and it was. I don't uh, think we've really talked about that movie much. Not a whole lot. We'll have to do that one of these days. Halloween's coming up. Yeah, that's true. Well, Halloween, I had the idea to make the list of the movies from Terror in the Isles and just kind of us talk about whichever ones we like about it. I think it's kind of cool doing it that way. But uh, so and and then I had a really uh, subpar experience with Devil's Rejects. I kind of warmed up more to it later in life when I went back and rewatched it. Well, the shock felt contrived at that point because you had seen it in the first one. Well, it was more like the I don't mind it in the first one because in the first one we had somebody. to. This is when he had the mask of his dad. Uh, on his face. Well, that was to... the first. That was House for a Thousand Corpses. That was House yeah, for a Thousand Corpses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was okay. House for a Thousand Corpses. This is when they went on the road trip and everything. And they, oh. And they kind of tortured Terry from Three's Company and forced you know him to what? get naked. I kind of don't think I saw this. Uh, 
it was all it was all right. On second viewing, I liked it more. But then the other ones, like Lords of Salem and Thirty One, and all those, uh, those, they're like garbage, man. And the Three from Hell was all right, but it was almost like murder porn in a way. I'm well, like, who, I mean, are we rooting his, for these guys? I mean, what's that's the... that's his audience. So man. then I heard about the monsters, and I was like, oh, he's gonna fuck this up, man. I well, knew he wouldn't because I knew it was a favorite TV uh, show growing up. It might be one of the best movies I've seen all year. It is absolutely phenomenal in every way. So much so that Eric. Eric said, is it good? And I said, dude, you're not going to believe it. So he watched it and then bought a second copy so he could have it for the shop. Because we're both Munster fans. We grew up with it. We like the style and everything. And I'm going to... You I'm got gonna, any Munster toys? Uh, what's that? Do you have any Munster toys? Um, no, I used to have a couple of the Munster pops, but I don't think I have. He definitely has. Eric's got a lot of Munster toys. But... This movie was so phenomenal in every way, and Sherry Zombie was in it, and usually I shit on her because she kind of ruins stuff. She didn't ruin this at all. She played kind of a her first time she actually played a character yeah. uh, in it and everything, but it was so funny, and it was so for kids. This is like, this movie is for eight-year-olds, it's dude. It's PG-13. It, yeah, and, it, and I don't know why it's not PG. Maybe it's because there's some dark, like, kind of creepy yeah. elements in it and everything, but this is a family uh, Halloween movie, and it is funny. The guy playing uh, Herman... The guy playing uh, Grandpa is good. It's the guy from Disorganized Crime that was with uh, Al Bundy. Remember Mm -hmm. Al Bundy was uh, in the wilderness? It was his uh, partner with the mustache. He was also in Lost for a little while. So he plays the Grandpa, and he is hilarious in it. But the guy who plays Herman is so fucking funny, and he's been in the past Rob Zombie movies because he's like seven feet. But he looks, he always has a beard and an angry scowl on his face. In this movie, he was so funny and likable. He just smiled and... uh, it, and every joke hit for me. Every time he was on the screen, he smiled, and uh, the lighting was great. The sets were amazing. They went to uh, when they went to America. They went into a realtor to get him a house, and uh, Elvira played the uh, oh, really? the realtor. But she was in like witch makeup, and I've watched this twice so far, and I didn't realize it until the second time that that was Elvira. I was like, "Holy shit, that's Elvira!" I said because she wore. Uh, <coughs> it was she funny. The months the monsters come to America during Halloween, so they get to the neighborhood, and they were like oh my God, this is a neighborhood mm. made for us. And then the next day when he goes out to get the paper and everyone ha- doesn't have their costumes on, he, he's like screaming his head off, what's happened? What's going on? <laughs> so funny. And at the well, very heard- beginning of the movie, it, it, he had uh, one of the guys from his other movies and he was also in that Barbarian movie, played the uh, the the mad scientist that brings him back. You know the fat kid from Lost? The fat guy? Yeah. Uh, the one he, who stole the food? Yeah. Uh, well, he's a really big guy. He was also in that show Becker for a big. while. Uh, he's Hawaiian, I think. Uh, I mean, he's Samoan. Doesn't much <laughs> have a weight problem. <laughs> but he was... Him and the, the doctor were funny as hell, and they were in the first half of the movie, and I was like, my God, this hits so much. So watch The Monsters. It's on Netflix. I can't wait to buy it, because I will watch... It'll, it is my new Halloween movie. Well, now. I heard he... In the studio, we're having issues. He wanted to do it in black and white. No, oh, I'm glad he didn't. And this, and they said absolutely not. I'm glad he didn't because the, the well, he said he said, you know what? Okay, I'll do it in color. And then he went back and he's like, oh, he went crazy. He's color. like, let's go over the top. Everything was like he had like the maybe not Edward Scissorhands. He but. had the greenest. No, even crazier, dude. He had like the greenest green like light pumping from every side of the screen almost it looked like if you ever watched any of the old rob zombie videos Mm -hmm. the lighting he uses it's very similar i mean it's almost kind of mandy like with how extreme the reds are and the greens but everything's bubbling you know every i don't know they spent like the best people who've ever done haunted houses came in and did this movie the production design for it and he was able to use all his own people and it it was amazing (laughs) how much fun would that be how much fun would you get 
all right, they gave us $5 million to yep. make this the Monsters House. And it's his favorite TV show of all time. Yeah. So, And if they don't make sequels, it is a goddamn shame. A goddamn shame. Because I will be back for every single sequel they make. Monsters Take uh, Manhattan? Because it, it, the movie starts out with them in like Transylvania and everything. And then they, uh, they get swindled out of their castle, so they have to go to America. So not until the very end of the movie do they get to the 666 Mockingbird Lane or whatever the hell it is. So there's just so much more to tell. They don't have kids at this point, so there's no Eddie monster and there's no uh who's the other daughter i can't remember the daughter the other daughter's name the the cute blonde so they don't have those yet so it's it's literally just uh grandpa lily herman her brother is a werewolf he's played by this really funny black guy who who's, <laughs> who, who ends up uh he's like a schemer that's scheming with the gypsies and everything and that he can't be trusted and everything every character's awesome dude there's a character in it that plays count orlock who's like he looks just like nasferatu and you see him going out on dates and stuff and it's just so funny <laughs> it's so fucking funny dude i might watch it for a third time today so that's what I got on Paul's movie nook. Check those movies out. Not, most of those, I think, are streaming, except for that open season. I don't know how the hell you're going to find that because I had to spend 20 bucks for it. But it was well worth it. I loved it. But it really was. You could tell you thought surviving the game was an original concept until you watched open season. I was like, oh, yeah, I well, see what's happening here. Um, remember the Zodiac? His favorite book was... Uh, was uh, uh, Something surviving the game or something. It was oh, about something. Oh, the uh, hunting people. No, that uh, a ship shipwrecked on the yeah, shore that's right. that's of, right. a, of an island, and Count Zoloff would fight them for sport. And oh, that was his favorite. That was the Zodiac Killer's favorite book. I wonder if Open Season was based on it. I would not be surprised if Quentin uh, reviews this sometime soon because he he uh, is reviewing all movies that you expect. He reviewed Coma the other day, and it was awesome, man, really good. I've learned a lot from his podcast, just of movies that you never think of. Like Open Season, I went to... to to rate it because every time I watch a movie I go to IMD and if it's a good movie I'll give it a ten if it's even if it's a bad movie I'll give it a five I don't believe in <coughs> like killing anybody on that uh, site but you know you go on to like Avengers Endgame and there's been like six hundred thousand people rated it and everything and I went to open season and it was like three hundred and two I was like oh no one's seen this fucking movie dude it was, it was I kind of felt like I was in the uh, the secret club watching this movie so I, I've been excited to watch like these obscure movies that I've been finding lately so. It's pretty cool. These two movies are pretty easy to find. So we're going to do two movies from our top 100 list. Dave, what's going to be on yours? Outbreak. Oh, Outbreak. Talk about a a movie that had a resurgency recently. (laughs) (laughs) And I am going to do The French Connection, one of my favorite movies of all time. Great uh, William Freakin movie. I'll have to pull up Outbreak to see who does Outbreak. Is it Philip Kaufman? Is that one uh, who uh, who did Outbreak? So we'll talk about both those movies today. So if you haven't seen them, you should uh, you should definitely go check them out, uh, and then come back and listen to the pod. That's what I've been doing with uh, with Quentin's pod. Oh, it's Wolfgang P- Peterson. Uh, didn't he just he die just too? Died. Yeah, just he died. just died in August. Well, I love Wolfgang Peterson because Wolfgang Peterson did Das Boot, mm-hmm. and he also did uh, Air Force One. Two fabulous movies by him that I really, really loved. I love Das Boot. No one loves Das Boot. You have the four-hour I have the, I think it's five. It's technically, they call it the miniseries. There's so many versions. The two movies that have more versions than any other ones you've ever seen is Blade Runner and uh, Das Boot. You never know which one you're going to get. I can't remember what what, uh, cartoon, but some cartoon made fun of... Of Das Boot? Das Boot. Must have been Looney Tunes. No, it was like like the... 
the filmmaker or something was holding like 20 canisters. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you know, yeah. That sounds like South Potter Family Guy, if you yeah. ask me, because uh, I loved it. I, I loved Das Boot. It was something like, what, what do you mean someone wouldn't want 24 hours of Das Boot? And I love, I love his, all his stuff, man. He's kind of a grittier version of... Uh, if Spielberg didn't give a shit about his uh, about family type uh, stuff as much, you'd get Wolfgang Peterson because it's got that same great flow, that great movie flow with the excitement and everything and what's going to happen next. And all his movies have that level of great excitement and great characters involved in it. It just doesn't kind of take it kind of in your kitchen like Spielberg tends to do, in my opinion. Uh, but talk about Outbreak. What, so what do you like about it? What's Do you remember the first time you saw it? Um, did you say what movie you're doing? Yeah. French Connection. Okay. I don't think you did. I did. I mentioned Million Freakin'. Oh, did Yeah, yeah, French Connection. Okay. Pretty high on my list, too. I love it. I like, um, Outbreak. 1995. For a lot of this, Outbreak was a great movie. The script was great. Did you see it in the theater? I might have. 95. 95, I was kind of out of the theaters because I was living up north. No, I was, I was here with well, the Andrea, second half, so we probably were. second went. half of the 95, I did come down here. That's okay. when I moved down here with you and Andrea at the uh, that one little apartment complex. So, But we weren't going to home movies then a lot. We, we did the Dollar Theater. I remember like the first mm-hmm. week I was here, I went and saw Dante's Peak in that Dollar Theater, and we saw Friday in that uh, Dollar Theater and everything. So we did see ones, but... Uh, yeah, I don't remember seeing it in the theater. It was Friday. I bet it was pretty ruckus. The one we saw? The theater, yeah. Yeah, don't you remember? No. It was just me, you, and like uh, 30 black people that... Uh, but they were uh, laughing their ass oh, off. Oh, they were laughing their ass off. It's the exact theater you wanted to be in uh, for Friday yeah. because it was very animated and everything. One of my... Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite... And it, <laughs> it's not very PC, but it's one of the funniest jokes I hear Joey Diaz uh, tell. And uh, people say, hey... I, uh, and I'll try to say it like Diaz does because it's really funny. They were like, man, how was jail? How, how was prison? He's like, dog, you think black people talk a lot in the movie theater? <laughs> <laughs> really, really funny. Uh, but yeah, I loved seeing Friday at that theater and it was, it was really exciting. But Outbreak. So I'm not sure I remember the first time I see it. I saw, saw it. I loved it instantly when you, when you got to see it. I mean, it. it was full of everybody. So let's Dustin talk Hoffman, cast. Rene Russo, Donald Sutherland, Morgan, Morgan Freeman, Freeman uh, the guy that's in trouble right Kevin now, Spacey. Kevin Spacey, Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr., Patrick Dempsey, Patrick Dempsey. He was small part, but he was in it. Even that uh, Zakes Mokea, he was the guy that was on the ground when he was looking for the virus in okay. like Africa. Oh, yeah, he was yeah, the yeah. guy from uh, Serpent and the Rainbow, okay, the creepy yep. mm-hmm. uh, voodoo guy. Was there anyone else really yeah, famous? Yeah, you're. In this uh, you're oh, on. I'm trying to think. Dale Die. Yeah, I was going to say Dale yeah, Die. Dale Die's in it. And then a couple just a randos and everything. But man. So if you're not familiar with Outbreak, tell. And this was our education basically on a lot of strains and how they yeah. mutated. The mutation was what was big. There was a time I was probably scared of like some of that stuff. Yeah. So it's about this drug called Mutava. Mm-hmm. Which was supposed to simulate, sort of be like, um, a, not dengue fever, but what's the one where your insides sort of li- liquefy? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm married to a virologist. So <laughs> yeah. I should... She's screaming at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> she's an infectious disease. Yeah, she's like yeah. And my girl's in public mm-hmm. health too, so she is also very scared Hunt of viruses virus. and everything. That's right. The virus. Hunter virus. Hunter virus. Okay. And well, so it has a kill rate of a of. It's already close to one hundred percent, but at what? But the 
the thinking was that it wasn't airborne after a certain period no. of time. So if you if you eradicated it, it stayed eradicated for a long time. But they did something shady. That was what was kind of the oh, big, well, th- the big a, thing with this. This movie was a military movie as much as it was a bio yeah. movie. Or as a like almost an evacuation yeah. kind of people uh, or almost so, semi-apocalyptic Like anything, movie. like any type of thing that kills 100% on large scales, the military wants to have a piece of that. Yeah. That is very helpful if you could kill your enemy 100%. Well, Dustin Hoffman was in the... Uh, he was the... There was, he was either... It was him and Morgan Freeman, health. but at the very beginning of the movie, he thought something was eradicated, and he didn't think... Mataba. That, uh, the Mataba. So he ne- when the other strain popped up, he never realized that it could the, possibly yeah. have been a mutation of Mataba. Because Donald because- Sutherland... And the movie starts out, Donald Sutherland and Morgan Freeman mm-hmm. f- are government, but you can also tell they're, they're, bio- they're biologists or virologists, yeah. pro- virologists probably. They go to that Congo or wherever... Yeah. And they see the village. They see, and the you see it like dude. in the reflection of his. Uh, yeah, mask he, it's horrifying. Yeah. And there, he's like, he's telling the village doctor, he's like, "We're gonna bring you help. We're gonna bring you help." Mm-hmm. And this is the saddest scene ever, man. Oh. So they get on the helicopter, and and they were like, "Wow, oh, this is the worst. Call in the strike." Yeah. So you knew an airstrike was coming. You know, they thought got a, a package virus. drop was coming. Uh, so when they dropped the bomb out of the plane and the parachute was coming, all the village was cheering because yeah. they were about to get aid. Oh, that is pretty horrible. <laughs> God, man. So they nuked the town basically yeah. with a small nuclear device. Um, and, and then fast forward, you get a monkey. <laughs> yeah. And fast forward, and this is why people shouldn't have fucking pets. Fast like, forward a long time. This uh, one dude, Captain Dempsey, he worked Dempsey. in a facility that bred m- monkeys for mm-hmm. scientific research, which my wife had been to those facilities a ton of time. Well, he was smuggled one out yep. under a tarp, paid off a guard, and then sold it to a store. Yep. But the problem was, the he had guy, already been infected. No, he well, not yet. At this point, he hadn't. Oh. But the the uh, the store owner wouldn't take it because he had a. He wanted a girl monkey to breed with the boy that's monkey. That's right. That's right. He brought him a boy monkey. And he's like, what do you want me to do with it? I got enough dicks here, dude. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I don't want it. So he's like, so so he does get bit, but then he lets the monkey. He's a, he's sad that the monkey can't live a life in a pet store. So yeah. he just releases it out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, God. Just Come go. To find go. Out it's infected with hot devourers. Yeah. So. And then once he goes to, you see him in the, uh, the uh, the movie theater. You oh, see yeah. him on the plane. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they did a really good job about mapping showing things the whole get thing. And I'm one to... of those nerds that love the like. That's why I love Zodiac with him yeah. going to the library and looking up different things. I love the details. They showed all the different laboratories. I've so BSL one, BSL two, influenza stuff like that. Mm-hmm. BSL three is like HIV. Uh, I've been into a BL three lab. Maria oh. took me. I don't know if I can say this. One, but Maria took me to the UFBL three lab, and because uh, she had some animals there, I think, or, or she just wanted to show me. But you had to put like the whole suit on, hmm. and then two sets of booties on. Because when you walk through the first door, you had to take off the bottom set of booties. Interesting. So that it wouldn't even come in tra- contact with the third floor. So there was like three panes of glass. She had to put her hand on a fingerprint scan to get in the thing. So th- it is really high tech oh, these days. You, you, you and, can't but even imagine. BSL four yeah. is above that, and she doesn't think we have one here at UF. <laughs> but it's is, one of those things that are so secret that even the people that work there don't know if that there is one there. You know? Maybe that, that's what's crazy about that. Now, did you look as good as Rene Russo did in your suit? That's all I need to know because I didn't have the full <laughs> airlock oh, suit. Hair, the head that's one? BL4. That's they BL4. were in four. Gotcha. BL3, 
you have to have a, a paper mask on, but yeah. you, they're almost more worried about you bringing stuff in yeah. than they are about you taking anything that out. That makes sense. Contaminating their research. Yeah. So if you go in and you got a bunch of pet hair yeah. flying around. In it. I loved Renee Russo in this. Uh I always loved Renee Russo, and I loved that uh, she uh, she still looks phenomenal too. She was, I mean, she was a supermodel back in the day, yeah. and she still looks it. Yeah, she's you know gr- she's great looks in good? the Thor Someone movies. that doesn't have plastic surgery. Yeah, and I don't think she's had a whole lot. She's in the Thor movie. She plays his mom, so she's kind of all dolled up and everything. But uh, she looks phenomenal. I mean, she looks like she just got off the set of like Lethal Weapon three, which is another. She was like the only saving grace in that movie. I thought. Uh, so I've always been a fan of Rene Russo. I've always been a fan of Dustin Hoffman. And this was when this was around the time we were not familiar with Kevin Spacey at the time because he had done The Ref and he had done this. And I think later in 95, 7 came out. I didn't see The Ref until way after 7. Oh, okay. So yeah, you there wasn't much with him. Glengarry Glenn Ross might have been out already. Okay. And, uh, and I don't know when I saw that. I don't know if I saw that when it first came out or if I saw it later. Oh, I, we saw it when it first came out because okay. we drove to Fort Myers to see it. Okay, okay. Uh, they I did remember? not play it. They didn't play it in Port Charlotte at all. And I, I saw the trailer for it, and I saw how many famous people were on it. Wouldn't and you I, think that would play well in Port oh, Charlotte? Oh, God, man. You people? would think. But we had to. And we went with Mom. We drove to she Fort Myers it, with Mom. We all loved it. We thought it was fucking phenomenal. I loved it uh, so much. There's no better writing in a movie, I'm in my opinion. we appreciated dialogue-driven movies. Oh. I wonder if people do now, like kids now. No, I think people get bored. A lot of people do they get see, bored. Like flashes and but there are people that like it. Like there are. If you look at uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, the majority of that is all dialogue-driven movies, and no one does it better. The only person who does it better than Quentin is probably David Mamet, and that's why uh, it was so good. And so, he writes a lot of plays. That right? uh, that friggin' uh, yeah, a lot of plays. But that Alec Baldwin scene in Glengarry Glen Ross that oh, was great. written for the screen. That wasn't even part of the play. He had written the play for Glengarry Glen Ross, right. so he just kind of. Did the screenplay you know for its own place? place. <laughs> Sets take knives. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie, man. Oh. So great. Anyways, so so everyone in this movie was great. I I really enjoyed you. At some point, you're basically just following uh, Dustin Hoffman, though. Yeah, and, uh, and he was the voice of screaming reason. Yeah. Whereas Morgan Freeman knew he was doing something wrong. He wasn't very happy with the fact that he was doing it one. Yeah. But he was a military guy. You someone really gives you an order you do uh, it. There's really three, three different, different levels. Levels. Yeah. Dustin who's doing everything the right way, Morgan who's conflicted but is kind of the status quo of bad stuff, and then there's Donald Sutherland who don't give a fuck. Donald Sutherland just wants to cover up what they fucking did uh and, yeah, he's and keep their weapon that yeah. they're uh, they're trying to make and everything. That, the um so jumping forward uh, Dempsey dies. Horrific. Yep. They showed you a really horrifying oh, yeah, yeah. death. Like his, his girlfriend were, like, and was like dying next to him. Remember? Yep. And she's like screaming at him, like say something to me, say yep. something to me. And, and yeah, knowing like ET style. Yeah. <laughs> but like knowing that she was a few moments away. away from that herself, like that's Hot the worst. Virus just seems like it just you bleed out of every orifice yep. in your body because your insides are liquefied. Still, nothing beats uh, the Chernobyl miniseries. When, oh, did you ever go back and see? No, uh, I don't think I could handle that it's, it's too real bad yeah. what what you see their bodies go yeah. through it's all makeup and shit i know i but know their their skin is like black you know, the weird thing is is like the more i like i used to love watching serial killer documentaries yeah. now i have a hard time mom's like that watching it mom's like that like i used to eat their I'm not, stuff up but I'm now not when like they that, talk yeah. about when they have like a crying relative on yeah, yeah talking about it, it's like man I was like how I much of want... this is voyeurism and how much is like like i'm fascinated by demented it's mine, yeah. like how they can justify their actions. It's a little different with movies than it is documentaries. 
like even still, there's certain ones that I can't recommend, like uh, the House of Jack built. I loved, but yeah. you're not it gonna recommend to watch, that to everybody. Though. It is tough. To, I didn't think it was that tough to watch, but uh, it is when you're thinking of it being real. Yeah, I don't do that. I, I, if you can totally watch it as a film from a filmmaker's perspective, which yeah. I can do sometimes, I can do most. Of like the times. a lot of times, there'd be something on screen, and uh, I'm taken out by because I'm trying to figure out how they how they got the yeah. shadows. I, I'm from, bothered by like if uh, if if a couple is taken like open season and they're doing something to the wife, and I can put myself in that uh, that place of oh my god, if they someone took my wife and was doing this stuff, it was a little better. It almost made it easier to tolerate with open season because it was like a guy 20 years older than her that was just cheating on his wife with her. Yeah. So he, she, it was like there's a point where he just left her. He's like ah, it's his mistress. What the hell does he care? This isn't <laughs> this isn't sexism, but I always notice when a when a, and it's, it's more in TV than movies, but when I see a woman waking up in the morning and she slept in her bra, <laughs> I'm like, what planet is is happening where that sounds like prison? At right? least a sports bra. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's crazy. But what, what I like is when when they're all in the suits and you, you're starting to realize, like I think Kevin Spacey's the first one that it ripped, the suit ripped on him, and then you saw that he was getting sick. And then well, Rene, and then Rene got, Russo got it too. So everybody that was working it was like getting it. They didn't think it was airborne. Yeah. Until he went and like, remember, he, he, he's followed like, it. he was so in this room and the guy in the other room got it. That's right. Yeah. The hospital room. So Dempsey's neighbor on the other side of the yeah. hall. Not realizing the venting system came was in for like appendix something and he got virus because it, it went through the uh, ventilation And it was connected system. even to like the, uh, the, the office like workers because that's when he found it remember he finally went into the office yeah. building and he looked up and he said it's terrible i think hospitals are required to have like different systems yeah nowadays but william peterson must really really enjoy like big machinery like submarines helicopters airplanes because oh, there are so many goddamn helicopters and, and you think of air force one the whole thing was on it and same with das boot das uh, air force one's basically das boot in the air uh, there, was, there was one chaotic scene with all the helicopters when they first got oh, yeah. on the ground and i think i think i turned to maria the first time we watched it and i was like i was like clicked it back i was like watch this it was just a shot of the helicopter like coming across the screen mm-hmm. rolling up and then taking off and i oh, was yeah. like i was like that's a twenty thousand dollar shot right there oh for sure <laughs> yeah though no, they he used a lot you could tell that he probably spent a month just with helicopter shit because the whole end the whole had, end had scene. that they like had dog military fights trucks and, they they must have had a whole town shut down for yeah the budget on this movie was probably huge. pretty big let me look and see if what it uh, made and everything it had to have made money it was a good uh, movie so outbreak Let's see what the uh, and this was. I think this was at a time. What did it come out in the late eighties? The early budget 90s? was fifty ninety five. Ninety five. Uh, budget was fifty million dollars, which is a lot. Doesn't sound like a lot now, but then it grossed a hundred and eighty nine thousand. So hundred eighty nine million. Hundred eighty. Sorry, hundred eighty nine million. Say Project Threshold probably grossed one hundred eighty seven thousand. <laughs> uh, hundred ninety thousand. Uh, basically, it made off a budget of fifty million. So that's really great by today's standards. Well, you think that new Barbarian movie cost $3 million and it's already made $52 million. I mean, <laughs> it's, crazy it's almost that. like the stock market. You can bet on a small startup yeah. company, and if it hits... Horror movies can be done uber cheaply. Yeah. That Pearl movie yeah. was under a million, and it's made millions so far. I, I think it's at 16 or $17 million now, and it's still going. If we had a week in a cabin in the woods... yeah. The only thing well, that's what Ty West is, was thinking when he did like, X. He said, oh, I'm just going to go to this. Uh, and it was during the pandemic. They were like, we got six of us. We got a, uh, a ever, skeleton crew. If you ever inherit 
uh, yeah, the, uh, Christina's well, cabin. We will. <laughs> it's just one way. Uh, apparently, it's right in the, like, uh, what do you call that? Deliverance. Yeah, it's, Blue it's where Deliverance was, well, that, we, uh, was I've been on vacation filmed, in yeah. those mountains like yeah. a couple of different times. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a cabin in the woods, basically. I saw that movie, too. <laughs> Didn't turn out very well. So, yeah, this was... Excitement was not short in this movie. There was tons well, it of was, excitement. And it had like, it was one of those where there was something to do right then. Yeah. And then they had to do something else. And then they had to find the monkey. Yeah. So they had to find the monkey. Yeah. And so they've been searching. Like, how do you find a little yeah, that capuchin scene with monkey? Cuba Gooding Jr. And... Um, so they put out on the TV, we're looking for this monkey. Yeah. And the remember the daughter was bringing it food because the mom didn't know it until the mom realized yeah she saw the the kid was drawing pictures of monkeys my friend i see him in the backyard Mm. like what and then she calls and then the next shot yeah we see them looking at him and uh Kobe Gooding Jr. is the one who's supposed to take the shot, and he yeah. almost slips and misses it, and it's just, and then it goes right to the like the whirling helicopters because they need to. Uh, they can make it's like anything else. You can make serum from the original host. What I liked about it too, it was Dustin Hoffman was already freaking out, but when Rene Russo, his ex-wife, oh, yeah. got the uh, the virus that he was like ready to reinvigorate their relationship with, when she got it, he he worked extra hard and he was so confident remember how confident it was at the end that that the virus would work that he took his mask off and like went face to face with her and mm-hmm. everything and she's crying and telling him not to do it and he's like no we got this thing but then there's that last tag of the end what's good is it for me to die yeah, i know <laughs> you might have to find another monkey come on yeah. uh, the, the uh it has one of the greatest lines realizations and, and like <laughs> with with Denzel, not Denzel, uh, with Morgan and yeah. uh, Donald. Yeah. So they, the, the helicopters, I mean, the bombers are coming. Yeah. They're going to blow this town up. They yeah. can't control the virus. And we've already seen them go we through know, the town. We already know Sutherland has the cure. Yep. Remember? He, he had all those little, yep. we went into the room with all the, it was like orange juice and all these little bags. Yeah. It was bright, bright orange. It's crazy too because before they said they were going to blow the town up, we got to see all the members of the town, yeah. the little kids, mm-hmm. the the old man yeah. that gets taken out of his house. So they they did a good job of uh, letting the audience kind of care about. And some it was people. a very Norman Rockwell town. Yeah, yeah, town yeah. Too. And uh, yeah, it's the worst town that he could do. It was like Pacific Northwest, little small town. <laughs> if it was like Jacksonville, they'd yeah. be like, "Get ah. it, <laughs> <laughs> we can do. Jacksonville will come back." So yeah, well, tell about us the scene with so, Morgan. So Cuba Gooding Jr. Is a helicopter pilot. <laughs> Double duty in this movie. I shoot monkeys. <laughs> yeah, I try. So he takes. He takes last ditch effort. He takes the helicopter with uh, Dustin Hoffman, and they are trying to get themselves positioned so that the bomber can't make a run. Yeah. And so he, they get up there and they get on the channel and they're t- and he's like to the bombers in this. You're gonna. We have the cure. You're gonna blow up. And uh, and the pilots are freaking out. Yeah. And, they uh, don't know what to do. They just have no to follow Morgan orders. Freeman gets on the line and he's trying to tell Dustin Hoffman, you know, to, they're going to crash right through him. Yeah. And uh, but at some point, Morgan Freeman's like, if they were to do such and such, yeah. then they would be they unable to make their run. They and can't, you can't stop them payload. from doing yeah. this because they won't be able to deliver the payload. And then you realize he's telling them what to do. Yeah. yeah. And then so at the same time, you realize that Donald Sutherland realizes. Like, what are you dumb? He's like, yeah, you're giving them the. Yeah. And then he that's when he knew he it, was screwed. It comes right over his yeah. face, and he was like, ah, oh, I see what you did. And, and he turns to like, Dale Dye, and he says, could you put the 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 uh, commander in cuffs? And Dale Dye's like, with pleasure, or something. Yeah. Like, he's been wanting to do this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look at him. And then Donald Sutton's like, poking fun at himself. Yeah. Like, 
He says, if he doesn't get out of the way, though, they're not going to be able to drop this thing. Yeah. And that was what that was the probably one of the top 10 most tense moments in, in movie history, in my opinion, is where Dustin Hoffman's like, we're not moving. I can mm-hmm. even saying it right there. I got goosebumps yeah. where he just yeah. kept going back and forth. And I mean, they're showing the, the two the of the greatest eyes. voices in acting, yeah. Dustin Hoffman and, yeah. and Morgan Freeman, like talking back and forth. It's oh, crazy. God, it's such a Heavy great words. ending to that scene. And it's exactly how you wanted it to end. And I don't uh, think you I don't think you bounce back from hantavirus though no well the damage is done she probably Renee Russo probably would have died like two years later from some kidney failure or something it's so interesting how popular that movie came out uh, was when the when COVID came out every was like the number four movie on Netflix that people were running back to watch it and it's funny because I have like a pandemic movie and I was like ah people are going to be all pandemic heavy I should have been pitching the hell out of it during COVID and now probably people are sick of it or there's a hundred different COVID movies now or whatever but uh, yeah, if that and uh, what was the other one? The other virus movie, con- containment or uh, con- uh, contagion? They shut the building down. Contagion, they shut the building down. The report. The one with Jude inside. Law. The one with Jude Law, and uh, <laughs> the one with uh, what's uh, the girl from uh, Talented, uh, Mr. Uh, Ripley? The one I don't like. The one that has a head in the box from Seven. I can't think of her name. Oh, uh, the uh, owner Gwyneth, of Goop. Gwyneth Paltrow, the Goop. <laughs> the Goop CEO. It smells just <laughs> like my vagina. <laughs> light, light this candle. Uh, yeah, she's, she's, she's so just, out of touch. She's just so weird and stuff. She's out of touch. She dies at the beginning of Contagion, and I was so thrilled. Remember, she died with her mouth like screaming in like this rictus scream, and she was like the first person to die in, in Contagion. That movie got super popular too. I was like, man, there's some sick motherfuckers out here. I was like, I can understand outbreak. It turns out well. Oh, we defeated this thing. We're uh, we're all stand together as one. But Contagion was kind of a everyone dies in that thing. <laughs> it was kind of gritty. It's probably closer to the truth. Yeah, it probably really is close to the truth. It's Wolfgang Peterson for sure uh, glorified. Uh, and it's interesting that this movie has like three actors in it that have had some some serious uh, shit laid on them. The most obviously is Kevin Spacey, yeah. but Cuba got, got his own That's right. thing for he... touching people. But then Dustin got it. But Dustin's one blew over. I think it was more creepy dude. Just It, it was just the creepy guy that puts his arm around you. Yeah, I don't think it was anything major, major. I, every time I hear about the cancel culture, I'm, I'm always like, why is Mike Tyson so famous? Yeah, yeah. Didn't he go to jail for it's rape? It's crazy. Uh, did you see the... And now um, he's doing like commercials for people. Do you ever see his cartoon? The cartoon. Mike Tyson's fantasy mysteries or something. Was it back in the 80s or 90s? Long time ago. Him, he had a ghost butler. What? He had a parrot that talked that was Norm MacDonald's voice. Oh, shit. I am looking this up And they went and solved mysteries. I'm going to look this up It's like Scooby-Doo meets... Do you remember Captain N? No. Captain N, the Game Master. It was Nintendo, and the mother brain was the the main villain in it, but you had like the eggplant creature from uh, Flight of Icarus was in it. Uh, Simon Beaumont was one of them, the Castlevania guy. Mm -hmm. And it was like 26 episodes that played in the 80s and like 85, and I had totally forgot about it, and Eric sent me the trailer for it, and he was like, you remember this? And I was like, holy shit, I had totally forgot about it. But yeah, I'm going to have to look up the Mike Tyson one. That's hilarious. It it sounds like I'm making, like if I were to pitch you all the things, it would be like, you're making No McDonald's. The parrot, come on. Uh, did you see the viral video of Mike Tyson and Ric Flair smoking weed outside a venue together? Uh-huh. And uh, so the, it's just Mike Tyson and, and Ric Flair just smoking weed, and Ric Flair's just mugging at the camera, and he's like, oh, it's good. Woo! <laughs> to Mike Tyson. Because apparently Mike Tyson has some really strong weed. He has his own weed. Yeah, he's got his own weed, and Company. supposedly uh, Rogan smokes it with people on there, and he tells people on the pod. 
He says, the, the strongest weed that I have ever had is from Kevin Smith and from Mike Dyson. He says, those guys are not fucking around. He says, that's like the drop you on your floor weed. So it's interesting. All right. Let's go into a, hey, speaking of drugs, let's go into one of the best drug smuggling movies ever made. One of the best movies about tailing suspects ever made is, I'm going to look up the date. I think it's 74, right? Um, let me see here. 71. See, I was way off. And it is The French Connection, based on a true story by William Freakin. I love William Freakin so much because none of his movies are reminiscent to the last one. You know, he, he looks... Although they all have the same kind of stylization. Maybe, but I mean, you look at The Exorcist. I mean, he did The Exorcist, yeah. then he did French Connection, and then he did Live and Die in L.A., which was a straight-up Michael Mann movie, but it wasn't. It was William Freakin. Every time I watch it, I want it to be a Michael Mann film. I was like, how it's is because of the music. It, it's the music, but it's also the style. If you look at it, if, and you look at Michael Mann's older stuff, like Manhunter, it's like it was filmed by him secretly, but it wasn't. It was William Freakin. It, it almost seems like William Freakin watched a ton of Miami Vice before yeah, he did yeah, that yeah. movie. Well, that was Michael Mann's thing. He was a huge Miami Vice guy, uh, guy too. Maybe that's the connection that I keep getting in my brain because Miami Vice screams out of that yeah it, but it does. doesn't in this movie this is more like what's it was it New York City uh, New Jersey in which one in this one yeah uh, damn I it was think a it was city. Philadelphia Could've wasn't been Philadelphia. it uh, nope NYPD detectives okay so yeah New York City so in this movie I wonder if it's how high it is on the IMDB's top 100 no, it doesn't have it. Won five Oscars. Shit, let me look at that first. It won Best Picture. It won Best Leading he's still Actor. He's alive, too. Wayne Freakin? No. Yeah. Who, who uh, Hackman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I he's, saw a picture he's old, of him. But, uh, he, he's I saw a picture 90s. of him from a few weeks ago. Yeah. He took a very... He's old as hell, but I mean, he's in his 90s. old, old. Yeah, yeah. But we're all going to be looking old in our 90s. Isn't it crazy when they're going to live to 90? Uh, we might. I think we'll probably better chance to live down 90s than we other We have a people. better chance. And we have people in our family. I mean, our grandmother's about to turn 97. Aunt Jean died uh, yesterday. Oh, did she? Not to tell you on the podcast, oh. but I we were so out of touch with that uh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. deep in that side of the yeah. family. I assume she had been gone. She wasn't at all as Graham, but she must have been ninety two. Is it Grandma's sister? Uh, Aunt Madeline, Aunt Jean, Aunt Jean was with Uncle Skip. So uh, yeah, I think it was just her sister. Uh, so, anyways, uh, with the French Connection. Oscar winner, Best Pitcher, won Best Actor for Gene Hackman, won Best Director for William Freakin, Best Screenplay for Ernest Tidyman, and it won for Best Film Editing. What year? Uh, 71. 71. But then the uh, it was also nominated for Roy Schneider for Supporting Actor, and uh, it was nominated for Cinematography, Sound. It basically was nominated for everything, and it took a shitload if of someone wanted to, If someone asked me, what is the good 70s cop film? Oh, Obviously, yeah. I can give them five or six, but yeah. this one would be on there. Oh, for sure. I love it. And Gene Hackman, it's interesting that Gene Hackman won the award for it because he hated playing this character. So much so that he played it a second time, but whatever. Money was right. The check cleared from the first <laughs> one, so. It wasn't freaking it second one the second one was good though but it was, was uh, it was frankenheimer yeah. uh john frankenheimer who, who did just as good as did, yep, did also right. those 70s great movie birdman and alcatraz i love a lot of uh uh one of my favorite movies that, that uh frankenheimer did was the uh dr moreau and that island dr moreau was oh, yeah, good yeah, yeah. i loved it yeah. a lot of people hated it but i liked it uh so basically in french connection this is the true story based on popeye doyle and his partner uh russo I think they called him Casper in this movie or something, but uh, he had a nickname. It's I can't funny. Remember what it was. This movie links to American Gangster. Oh, yeah. Very similar to that kind of style. But no, directly. Directly. Oh, so that's the right. Co- there was a The connection. heroin that they seized at the end, spoiler alert, yeah, yeah. is all the heroin 
that that camps were distributing. Gotcha. What's his name? Uh, Brolin. Brolin. Yeah. That's all that. That's right. I totally so they, forgot they about they that connection. Broke a piece off. They took it in the lab member, and they and they he was saying, "Cut it down, little more, little more." Yeah. So the real Popeye Doyle and the real Russo were in this movie in uh, in several scenes. Uh, yeah. The real Popeye Doyle played the police chief, and apparently Gene Hackman and him did not get along. He found him a horrible, horrible individual. He he hated him and he hated playing him. And Gene Hackman, uh, I mean, he's he's America's dad in a lot of most movies we've seen him in, and he had to spout out several N words and slurs and everything, and he hated it. He he argued it. He said, "Please don't make me say the N word and everything." And they'd be like, "You gotta he have to do it. You're playing a real." guy i said you got to do it and everything and and i think because he didn't want to do it it made the real popeye doll even more pissed off at him and everything and i think they had some moments on the set i saw a documentary a while ago but it was really good Popeye Doyle was probably a racist. And yeah, he, was he a, didn't he want was to be called racist, out by an actor. And, but he was a perfectionist when it came to his craft. He was like uber focused yeah. on once mm-hmm. he decided he wanted to find out who this guy was. So basically what's going on is a drug smuggling uh, ring and they have several people involved. They have an actor, a French actor uh, involved and they have this small business owner in Brooklyn. And here's the scheme. Basically, they're going to bring... Uh, drugs in from um in france. from france and what they're going to do they're going to hide them someplace in the car and then the car is going to be registered to that french actor and he's doing what, a tour of the u.s and he doesn't yeah. like going without his car so he brings his car but they're gonna uh what's gonna happen is uh he's gonna park the car on the side of the road then that brooklyn like business owner comes up with his wife and he gets the car and then he, he brings it someplace and they unload the drugs and they they put money back in the car and they parks it right back where it is. The French actor gets it back on the ship and brings it back then and easy peasy Japanese. And uh, it's going to just be this, this simple lemon. thing. I thought it was lemon squeezy. That's probably very uh, Japanese. Less, <laughs> more PC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do the lemon squeezy from now on. Okay. <laughs> Point made. Uh, <laughs> you can always dub me in salmon, salmon, lemon squeezy <laughs> over your voice. <laughs> uh, but the problem was, and it's it's weird how this started, and I wonder if it was that simple, that uh, Russo and Popeye were just at a club one night. And when they're at the club, club drinking, Popeye cannot just calm down. You know, he can't stop working, even when he's not working. And he, and he look, has a temper. And he looks over and he sees this, uh, a lot of the Italian type guys uh, running the room and having all the waitresses over there and they're throwing money around. And he's like, who the hell is this guy? He's I've never seen him before. And they were like, he's like, I think I'm going to tail him for the rest of the yeah. night. He, and he just tails he's him. He's finding crimes. To him. He, yeah, he's, he's finding like, crimes. And he just happens to pick out the one guy that's doing one of the most serious crimes in well, New York here's right the thing if you were a top level narcotics investigator like him you would know all the top players yeah yeah so when someone else showed up and started throwing money around yep. that's a red flag right it there is a red i would have done the same thing he did because yep. you're it when you're that good of a detective and you've busted enough people you have a profile in your mind and whether it's stereotyping or not yeah you, if you see someone that you think, okay, this is looks like guys, and up Roy to good. Schneider must have witnessed it so many times that he just went along with it. Yeah. Knows that Popeye would would. Uh, he was kind of his like governor, yeah, in a sense that he he uh, kept him a little bit grounded. There was a great scene where Popeye breaks into the bar that's kind of oh, filled with all yeah. the uh, different. Uh, I thought it was funny they they must have brought someone on the set and say, where do people hide their drugs in yeah. the bar? Because he was 
It was, was underneath. It yeah. was like the they lip had, of the went, bar. Yeah, he went under the bar and he like knocked all down and then he put all the drugs and everything inside of it. like a milkshake, milkshake container. container almost, or, no, or, drink shaker. Drink shaker, yeah. And it's milkshake. I guess. Uh, <laughs> put drinks in it. <laughs> what do you mean I can't get a milkshake here? You probably could. It's a bar, dude. Come you have to have booze in it. <laughs> you can get mudslide. So basically, he's just running the room, and the, the one guy comes out of the bathroom. He's like, hey, what are you doing there? And he like strong arms him back in the bathroom, and you realize- You hear oh, him yelling at him. And, and you realize shortly after, he's like, uh, he's a cop yeah. or a police undercover, or, Undercover cop. And he, he, he's undercover. And he's like, uh, he's trying to get information from him about the, the people on Mr. the street. Big or and, uh, I don't know what they called him. They had a nickname for yeah. him. Different people uh, that he's been looking for. And he, they suddenly see the guy that uh, they've been tailing dealing with that one French guy. Yeah. And now they realize, oh, something else is major going on here. Why? And they call him like frog number one and frog mm-hmm. number two. <laughs> this, this, this movie is definitely very 70s and not PC. I, so the, the opening scene in France yeah. is in Marseille. Oh, cool. And I've been to Marseille. It's really cool. Yeah, it's right when you see one of those places you've been to, like ex- look exactly like you've been there. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really a cool. cobblestone craziness. But there's like three major scenes in this movie that everyone thinks of when they think of French Connection. One of them is the tail scene. Yeah. Like when they're yeah. tailing these people, it is unbelievable. They, you get to, you'd never before this movie or much after it witnessed the tag team element yeah. of it. Where you've got four people on the street tailing one person. And once one of them gets made, the other one steps yeah. up as yep. the primary guy to follow yep. him. And then when he gets made, the, the secondary, other, secondary and third. So he never wants to, if he turns around and looks at you, he doesn't you, want you. He to, considers it you've been made. You've been even made, though if even not. if they don't. Yeah. Because if he sees you twice, he's going to say, "Okay, someone's yeah. watching." And at one point, he does lose him, and then that guy in a car catches him, and everything, and it's really they do really the cool. coolest thing ever when they get to the subway. So yeah. at this point, he's being chased. Oh, uh, when he's chasing the French yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, this was great. So he runs into the subway. That was accidental too. He was heading to the hotel, and, and yeah. uh, the French guy was exiting the hotel, and the other cops were supposed to be watching him, yeah. but they weren't. He walks in the subway. So. Hallie Doyle jumps on the subway, and uh, he immediately looks over and sees the French guy get Step back out. off. And so he jumps off, and the door's closed, and then you don't realize the French guy got back on again. So he did it like three to four times yep. to and trick Doyle, and then he, then he wave at him uh, like this. He does he that drove. great wave, which Gene Hackman throws it back to that wave at the end of the movie yeah. when he catches the French guy. He gives him the same type of wave that he gave him on the subway because Gene Hackman was pissed because it was a great scene. It was like a 15-minute chase uh, or yep. a not chase scene. It was just a walking scene of I'm following you, you're following me, we're getting on the thing. And even Popeye had to use the phone at some point and pretend to be a bar owner. Yeah. I don't care how many guys you got out. I'm not working that bar anymore. He's just pulling all these kind of uh, things. Another one of the great scenes... is probably the one you're going to say is my favorite. Well, it, it starts with the sniper on the roof. Okay. Popeye's walking home, and he walks past this woman uh, with a baby carriage, and someone shoots the woman, uh, and it's a sniper, and it was aiming for Gene Hackman. And <laughs> at this point... <laughs> shoot shoot the mother. That's a great... Freak. Yeah. Seems like a freaking thing. Yeah, it's, like it's crazy. Mother being shot in Brooklyn <laughs> <Yeah>. by snipers. <laughs> so, so then uh, everyone uh, clears the, the outside uh, kind of apartment complex, and the guy on the roof goes down to the ground. And at that point, it's a foot race, and they get all the way to the subway, and that guy gets on the subway, and Gene Hackman doesn't get there in time. So Gene Hackman has to commandeer a vehicle uh, oh, yeah. uh, down below. And uh, New York has like one of the L trains, yep. and it's a very famous scene where Gene Hackman is is following the train on the ground while the train is above him. And he's just must weaving have been a between traffic. Nightmare. 
Oh yeah, the the making of it said that freaking and the uh, cinematographer got up that morning and just strapped the camera to the front of the car and they went out and did it without anybody even knowing they had done it. So he went out and they got. They all just those. followed a random train route. Yeah, they just followed the random train route, yeah, or that's they the just easy way to bobbed do. and weaved. And they had a couple. Uh, obviously, when the the major scenes, I don't they think had you can do that drivers. anymore in New York. No, not a, everyone's a stunt driver now. And but everybody's I think in, in the Union, in French Connection. I don't know if everyone was a stunt driver in that scene. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. They, yeah. they did a lot of things you Yeah. I, I don't they couldn't get away with it. What was the one was that was that the movie where um he almost hit the baby carriage? Yeah, yeah. He swerves and he hits the garbage instead and he goes over the curb. Yeah. It it goes down to the great scene where they're both like out of breath so much and the one guy he's chasing is going up and the Gene stairs. Had to run his ass off in this which movie. was uh yeah, he was young though. I mean he's probably like twenty eight in this movie. Yeah. Or maybe thirty. Uh I would say thirty. Yeah, maybe if he's ninety now, yeah, it probably would have been around no, seventy one. So he might have been so he might have been pushing forty, to be honest with you. He might have been thirty eight years to 40. ago. Yeah. So he'd be thirty four. Thirty four or something like that. Yep. But uh, the cover of the movie, if you remember, is the guy getting shot on the stairs and at the very mm-hmm. bottom of the stairs is Gene Hackman like taking a uh, stance to uh, and just shot him in the back. And that's exactly what happened in this scene. He goes up those stairs, he yells freeze, and boom, shoots him right in the back. It's awesome. And then uh, the other scene is that big controversial like ending scene, man, where they they really get down to where the drug deal and the money is passing by and they have the roadblocks and the, the French guy uh, and the uh, guy, the business, the Italian business owner are driving over the bridge and they see the, the cops are there waiting and that's where Gene Hackman gives them the, yeah. uh, the wave and they turn around and they bust back to where they did the drug deal. And then there's that big building that Gene Hackman and Roy Schneider have to enter to find, find the French guy. And spoiler alert, this is a, a major spoiler to the ending, so if you haven't seen it yet, definitely uh, tune up for now uh, to be able to uh, watch it yourself. But it was a very controversial ending because it was a very open-ended kind of thing. He Gene Hackman sees somebody at the doorway, and he empties his gun. Six gun, six bullets. Bum, 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 bum. Get, got him right in the uh, uh, chest. And he, they go up to him, and... It's the other cop that he's been arguing with through the whole fucking movie. So Popeye just murdered this cop uh, accidentally. Obviously, he didn't do it on purpose. But Roy Schneider is upset over it. He's like, oh, my God, you shot Wilson or whoever like that. And uh, Gene Hackman's expression never changed. He's like, uh, Frog One's in that next room, and I'm going to get him. And he, he looks like he doesn't even care that he just killed that guy. He's While Roy Schneider is kind of looking at the body, Gene Hackman's already reloading his weapon. And then he goes into the next room, and they hold on that wide shot, and Gene Hackman runs across the room and goes into the room that we assume the French guy's in, and you hear one gunshot, and boom, the movie ends. Yeah. And uh, you're like, oh, shit, they didn't show us. But then they did have that... Uh, this guy got 10 years, this guy got four years. And the French guy, never caught, never found. It's assumed he's back living in France. That's what they were told. Obviously dead now, but, uh, oh, God, it was a fabulous movie, man. Like you said, it's. I've been watching a lot of those 70s cop movies right now, uh, and I'm loving them. Uh, the Friends of Eddie Coyle, uh, across 101st Street is so good with Anthony Quinn and Yafat Kodo. That report to the commissioner I was telling you about before we started the pod with Michael Moriarty and Yafat Kodo. Uh, oh, it's so good. Uh, I think Robert Mitchum was uh, was the guy in it. Uh, one, Eddie Coyle. One thing you should go back and see if you haven't seen. It's a documentary. It's like two hours long. It's about one of the most corrupt cops in... Oh, the, the Netflix one? Yeah. yeah. I, I never did see it, but I know all about it. Like... Damn, what's the name of it? I know, I know it's on the tip of my tongue. He was like, I think that, so the trailer, the trailer is awesome because I think he's like, we were, at first we were cops, 
yeah. masquerading as robbers, and then we were robbers <laughs> masquerading as Yeah, cops. it was like real deal Scorpio, like but they if they had, enjoyed it, they, they were driving Corvettes yeah, to work and, and they shit. Like going to Vegas casinos, here, and their wives were in on it too. Yeah. Like they knew all about it. I should have seen it by now, but I've heard But Brody then they started ratting on each other, and one of the undercovers was like, was like, okay, come to the house. And they were going to frame him. Yeah. And, right, and then. The other one like could back down. Yeah, seventies detectives. I mean, if you watch these movies, they're gritty enough that you realize what the hell kind of was going on there. They were kind but of. But they have a lot a of lot the criminals of for whatever other reason are talking about all these crazy stuff. Yeah. Like I was like, how can you talk about that on film? He's like, oh, if that informant, if he said something, you just didn't see him again. He's like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's committing. I'm pretty sure you murdered that guy, and someone should look into it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where that guy is now. I think he's still alive doing podcasts and shit like that. So it's it's so weird. It, it, well, it, there was such a cast of characters involved, and they yeah. had every almost everybody volunteered to talk. Yeah, everybody. I have a soft spot for those '70s kind of detective I movies would be a, and documentaries. I would be such a dirty cop. <laughs> I've said this way many too many times. So, but I'm never going to become a cop. Oh, there you go. But what I would money is just too enticing. Oh Jesus! If I pull you over and I and, especially and, if it's a dirty and money. if I see you have fifty grand and and i say hey you can go to jail or did you have any money with you like yeah, like yeah. i'd say like if the money doesn't like if i had two hundred dollars in this hand yeah, yeah, yeah. and i'd be looking at these parking tickets well in the 70s here. no one was filmed too so you could pull that nobody shit. had their camera yeah no one had cameras they, they no video they were the, not like, body cameras and like stuff you like couldn't that. videotape anything well that's one thing i always enough. thought people were like oh but it's dirty money i was like in me in my mind it was like I'm that's the exact reason i'm gonna take yeah. it because it's it's dirty money exactly i was like who if this is not mom and no one's coming to look for it yeah i'm not putting kids out or orphanages so I'm not surprised when uh, when it turns out that cops are like American Gangster like when uh, when Brolin when no when um, Russell Crowe's trying to recruit oh yeah a new recruits he's like all right let's get this out of the way I busted somebody and I found three hundred thousand dollars and I gave it back he was like a fit well I need to know right now do any of you have a problem with that <laughs> like <laughs> they, all, wrote, wrote they all raised it they all raised their hand. <laughs> He says, yeah, maybe I yeah, do too. Maybe too. <laughs> <laughs> really fun, man. So yeah, if you haven't seen French Connection, definitely check it out. If you're into the 70s kind of cop movie. High paced. Uh, yeah, high paced. It's it's great, man. You get to see how things were done back then that's probably not done anymore. I mean, there's no, reason to, do, there's no reason to do tales like that anymore. They have street no. cameras and they you have everything else. Yeah, <laughs> bumper. Yeah, you, you <laughs> stick the air tag in your bag or something. You follow them all day long and yeah. home. So it, it's you crazy. Probably, you can have a drone shoot the air tag into the <laughs> The side of the car. Tell you, you can't get away with anything these days. Goddamn fucking modern day <laughs> shit. Well, Joey Diaz, I've been watching him. My wife hates Joey Diaz, and for a good reason. <laughs> he was such a scumbag, drug addict, criminal. Well, yeah. But he's got these he's crazy stories now. about New York. Yeah. yeah. He's just a big pot smoker now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he's got some crazy stories. Oh, he's yeah. like, a criminal can't exist nowadays. It's like with the internet and with the cameras and everything. Oh, he's yeah. like, He's like, we used to rob beer trucks and just drive by, and now they have two guys in a Oh, beer I've truck. heard him on several podcasts where he talks detail upon detail about robbing jewelry stores and oh, stuff yeah. like that and kidnapping that one guy that he's friends with now. His name is Bella, and he's friends with him, and he talks to him all the time. He's like, I kidnapped him. He says it wasn't like a kidnapping kidnapping. He says, like, I kidnapped a drug dealer uh, to get some of his drugs and everything, and I put him in the trunk of a car, and I just happened to have a machine gun on me. And <laughs> It all adds up. He did his time. He did, he did his, his time. time. He came out, and he, he was raising his baby daughter with his wife, and he's having a great life in uh, New Jersey, and he's interesting. He's he in New Jersey? Pots. Yep. Living back in New Jersey. Rogan keeps trying he's to get him to go to... New Jersey. Yep. Rogan's trying to get him back to uh, Austin, but I don't think he's going so he, to. He goes to softball so games with his kids and when stuff. You wa- so. the, he has a channel called um joey diaz clips 
Yeah. And so they're like eight, eight minutes to 22 minute clips of just different things. And uh, they all have like 700,000 views. Oh, wow. So a video with 100,000 views makes $1,000. Oh, wow. So he makes $7,000 for every clip. That he puts out, and he puts out five oh, yeah. or six. There's, there's ways week. to do it with uh, with podcasting. I mean, if, if you're just, popular, if you're popular, if I you, mean, I mean, it, all, all it is is viewership. If yeah. you, if you, they'll show ads to these people all day long, as yeah. long as people show up to view. Yeah, that's I mean, I, that's basically my main job is to run that YouTube channel for Arthur. Yeah, and it's crazy. Someone super chats when, the, and I don't know, this is a tangent, but <laughs> someone gave us five hundred dollars the other day. Yeah, just to for us to read off their comment or something yeah oh their comment their comment interesting during the the live broadcast okay that's interesting you know what's interesting uh quentin uh quentin and roger take q a's but you have to send it snail mail to them. really that's how they want that's it awful. they're only reviewing vhs's they only will answer questions from snail mail people will send them postcards with their questions on it i bet they don't and i bet they still get a bunch it's really uh yeah oh they get a ton of them i'm gonna send one out to them because i'm, I'm very interested uh and uh different stuff about those guys and they're very likable to listen to and everything and knowledgeable as shit you wouldn't believe how knowledgeable they are i mean it would make sense that they're that knowledgeable but quentin is that dork like very similar to me that uh that it's been way too much time watching movies and he has that brain to remember all these different actors and stuff like that but his his where his i am with the, where i am with the 80s and 90s he's that way with 60s and 70s movies so there's there's you can't pull many minor movies from the 80s and 90s that I don't know about, but there's a shitload you can pull from the 60s and 70s I don't know about. So uh, his, pod, his, his pod has definitely uh, informed me on movies I have not uh, seen yet. So, Well, maybe your podcast. Well, I'm hoping that's what it is, you know, that we've been doing this pod and that people are like, oh, I'm not familiar. I'm sure you're familiar with uh, with Outbreak and French Connection, but you might not be as familiar with, like, uh, The House that Jack Built or The Last Supper or... Uh, I got what, what I get the last days of disco the other day, which is an amazing that movie. Co-host from Arthur's co-host Deke, he's twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. He'd never heard of Apocalypse Now when yeah. we were talking. He had never it's heard so of. Weird. And his favorite movie of all time was like, I think you uh, Step Brothers, maybe. Yeah, see, it's it's a different generation. You forget that the generation. It's like two or three. Which was a good movie, but it was a very yeah. But if you watched it when you were 12, it's probably yeah. the best. The, him so, putting his nuts on the uh, drum set is yeah. probably the funniest thing you've ever seen. Where, where for us, it was uh, Bill Murray shooting at a gopher. Yeah. Uh, that was our funny yeah. thing. So it's, it's, it's funny how music and movies imprint on us. Oh, yeah. And, and at a certain period of your life. like Because I, I couldn't name a rock band that, that started in I came the 2010s. Super, I, uh, yeah, I stopped. I think Disturbed was the last album I ever bought. But then recently, because we're about to go to see Iron Maiden, I looked up who their opening band was, and it's a band called Within Temptation, yeah. and it's a uh, it's a heavy heard. metal band. It's from the '90s, but it's got like this super hot female lead singer, and I pulled it up, and it's he's she's just like the female like Bruce uh, Dickinson. Yeah, she's very operatic, but the music is heavy. It's like almost like uh, Pantera heavy, and but it has a lot of violins and flutes in it and everything. Singing or screaming. Uh, no, she's singing. You can hear every word. She's she's like very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's like of... that, but she's got some heavy stuff okay. behind her, and I loved it. And I was like, I might buy this album. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing the opening band. And there's somebody uh, opening for Lizzo that's very famous right As now. As a too. guitar player, um, that overproduction stuff I just can't get with anyone. Oh, one like more. Jack thing. White is great. I'm gonna send you a clip later on. Uh, they've been doing a lot of tributes to Tori Hawkins, uh, okay. and they have yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. A, a, they've done several venues, I guess. But Def Leppard 
went on and did Photograph with Joe Elliott and Miley Cyrus singing it, and it was phenomenal. I was like, holy shit. So this recent tour that came through, mm-hmm. Poison, yeah. Def Leppard. It's, I don't think it's... Has it already come here? or it's, No, it's, I think it's over. Yeah. I didn't want to go to it because no. we saw them at their yeah. best. We, we saw them at the beginning of the But I pulled up some clips from shows around. Yeah, they, mainly, they sounded look good. Mainly to see how bad Motley Crue sounded because yeah. he was getting so much flack that he would he couldn't sing his songs anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I saw at least two singers. shows of Def Leppard stuff, and it was great. Those yeah, guys are great. I couldn't believe Miley Cyrus. I was like, hey, she, she should tour with him. And here's the <laughs> funny thing is, is like, I, I stopped really after after the um, the comeback album. I didn't even like that, that one. Retroactive one is where it got bad when they no, started. The and then they went four. They went country almost. The one before that, even too. The one after his. The last one was Adrenalized. That I was the last good one. I, yeah, and I still it but, was way overproduced for me. It definitely is, but I think in concert they sounded good. Like when they oh, played they, those songs in concert, like oh, Tear It Down yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, White Lightning They're and all great that. They were good. Band. Yeah. I was watching Pond Stars the other day, and some lady brought in a guitar that was painted by Phil Collin. He did a series to benefit cancer or something. Mm-hmm. It had never been played, and Rick's like, okay, I want to have a friend come in and look at it and verify the signature and everything. And so like... She's like, oh, that'd be great. And then they cut to the door opening, and Phil Collin and the lead nice. singer walk in. Wow. And he's like, hey, we're in Vegas. Someone called me, said, come over and see if that's crazy. So he's like, why are you selling my shit? He's man? like, yeah, <laughs> this is my guitar. He's like, he's like, uh, you want to see if it works? So they rolled the amp out, and he sat down, and he just did like a Van Halen style. What like, the hell? Well, I was telling my wife, I said, when we go see Iron Maiden, wait till you see Steve Harris playing the bass, man. I said, I wonder if he still headbutts and gallops around. Oh, uh, Bruce? No. The so the bass player is Bruce uh Well those guys play rugby at almost or soccer at almost every venue they go to. So they are all super active, okay. those guys. And Bruce he, busts out like a flamethrower during the set and everything and has a flamethrower attached to his arm. And so the I coolest think it's thing a, about it's a him, whole production. His he is rated to fly seven forty sevens. Yeah. He's he he did the last tour. Yeah. He flew his Isn't last tour. I don't think he did this tour for some reason. But he's got a podcast out now, and he's got other stuff happening. I don't know if I want my uh, friend flying. I don't want to know somebody in personally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, aren't you the guy that fell asleep at the wheel at the <laughs> after the Grateful Dead concert? Yeah. I, like, I lost. I saw you snort coke off some girl's ass once. Is he yeah, in there uh, yeah. flying the thing? No. He's like, no. It's Denzel. I don't style. mind it. They, they just got to do it away from me. I don't want to know about. It. <laughs> so if we, we're gonna have to fly this plane upside down to land it all Denzel style because I'm not into that <laughs> all right we gotta wrap it up there me and Justin have an exciting one coming next week I'm not sure what movies we're gonna pick yet but I guarantee you they're gonna be two good ones off our top hundred list trolls we're gonna <laughs> trolls too uh, <laughs> We've got a new segment coming up probably around the 250, right when we hit that anniversary. We're going to start like a, a segment called Tubi Tuesdays because we're huge Tubi fans. They play some seriously free streaming service. Are we plays, being paid for this? Sounds uh, like a setup. No, I know. I mean, I would like to kind of contact Tubi and say, hey, at least pimp our stuff out on Twitter or, or Instagram or something because we're going to pick a streaming movie that's streaming for free on Tubi and we're going to talk about that and we're going to uh, we're going to do a commentary we're going to do trivia on it and it's going to be really cool they're going to a bunch of movies that I've seen recently on Tubi that uh, some need some good focus uh, so we're going to start that around our anniversary episode we have our Halloween episode coming up soon so it's it's all exciting stuff happening but if you want to leave us a message you can uh, leave us a message at fascinatedfilms at gmail.com or you could uh, give us a like or a comment on our two platforms, SoundCloud or iTunes. Or you could always go to our Facebook page where we post our cool collage pictures every week of 
uh, the episode that's dropping that week or a message and we'll get back to you. So until then, see you. Bye. You ever been to Poughkeepsie? Huh? Have you ever been to Poughkeepsie? (laughs) 